0: You're listening to Meet the Thriller Author, the podcast where I interview writers of mysteries, thrillers, and suspense books. I'm your host, Alan Peterson, and this is episode number 184. In this episode of the podcast, we'll be meeting Jeremy Scott, who is a writer and entertainer from Nashville, Tennessee. He's the co-creator and narrator of CinemaSins, a YouTube channel dedicated to movie-related comedy with over 9 million subscribers. I've been uh, following uh, CinemaSins on YouTube uh, for a year or two, so I was excited to find out uh, that Jeremy Scott has a a thriller novel that was coming out, so it was fun to have him on the podcast. His uh, thriller, When the Corn is Waist High, was published on April 19th, so go Pick that up and check it out. Before I get to the interview, you can find me on Twitter at Thrilling Reads and also by my name at Alan Peterson. Uh, both on Twitter over there, uh, go and say hi. And you can also go to thrillingreads.com forward slash links uh, for all my social media links, uh, newsletter, uh, and all that good stuff. You'll find it all there on in one page. Uh, and best way to support this podcast is to let other fans of Thriller and Mystery books know about it. Uh, so uh, please do shoot your friends an email or text message. Or if you hang out in a forum or a Facebook group that uh, focuses on mysteries and thrillers, uh, I would appreciate a shout out uh, to this podcast. And you can also, of course, then support support the show by heading over to the place where you listen to it. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to it there and uh, leave a rating. Much appreciated. Uh, it helps me get the uh, word out and let other fans of the genre find the podcast. So it's all much appreciated. All right. Here is my interview with uh, Jeremy Scott. Yeah. Hey, everybody, this is Alan with Meet the Filler Author. And on the podcast today, I have Jeremy Scott. He's the co-creator and narrator of CinemaSins, a YouTube channel dedicated to movie-related comedy with over 9 million subscribers. His filler novel, When the Corn is Waist High, will be published on April 19th. Welcome to the podcast, Jeremy. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I'm very excited. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for being here. Uh, you know, saying uh, I've enjoyed your, your your YouTube channel, CinemaSins, uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, so what, kind of, what, what led a YouTuber to writing a thriller novel? Is that something you always wanted to do? Or? Oh, boy, I've
1: been writing uh, since I was a kid. I uh, started out writing really terrible songs when I was taking piano lessons. Uh, <clears throat> I wrote some poems. I got to college and I got really into film. So I wrote a couple screenplays that were also terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> then I joined a band and I started writing some rock songs. And then uh, <clears throat> once we started the youtube channel and started to get a little bit of a following i realized we had a potential platform um and i got serious about writing something that we could put out there and that led to my first uh novel which originally self-published called the ables um which is about a group of superhero teens that are all disabled and their disabilities uh interfere with their ability to be superheroes um And that did pretty well. And I landed with a publisher who wanted to publish the rest of that series. Um, And then, just like any book that I've written, which is now, I guess, this is my fifth book, uh, it has to be an idea that won't leave me. That won't, I never set out to write a thriller. I just had an idea, told my wife, thought it was neat. And then two months later, I'm still thinking about it. And that's about the time that I realized I better start
0: typing. Yeah, because they're different genres, right? The the like oh yeah, y, YA and the thriller. So yeah, so that's kind of is there a difference when, when you're writing the, the in the different genres, or is, is the process kind of the same for you?
1: Oh, uh, it's uh the process changes every time. I feel like I learn something uh different every time. So the first book that I wrote, I just wrote. I sat down and I wrote, and when I got to the end, I was like, oh, I have to cut and edit so much because I didn't have a plan when I was writing. So the second book, I, I had a general outline, and that made things a lot smoother. But in that book, I also learned about setting things up for the future books. And uh, so, you know, my process is honed a little bit every time, I think. But in terms of uh, every one of the books I've written has been in first person, which is uh, the most natural way for me. Um, and so it does have that in common with the previous books. And I'm not sure anything about my routine really changes.
0: Were you a fan of uh, of the genres that you write in as a reader b- before you started actually trying to write them? Or? It's interesting that you say that.
1: Um, and I, I hope I don't turn off any
0: listeners. I, <laughs> not
1: particularly. Uh, I have, as a reader, uh, I was a big Tom Clancy reader for a long time. Uh, I really like Andy Weir's books um, today, the Martian and project hail Mary. Um, <clears throat> but I have never read a lot of young adult stuff. That's just the genre. My idea happened to live in. Um, and yeah, I have not, I've never read a Stephen King book. Um, even though people tell me they're great, I've just never really been, uh, as a reader drawn to that genre. But when I had the idea, that's where, that's the genre where this idea lived. And, you know, the next thing I'm working on is a short story anthology of sci-fi stories. So I just kind of go where the nugget of an idea takes me.
0: (laughs) And so can you tell us about the about the when the coin is waist uh, high? What, the, what what's that about? How that all came to you and the process sure. for I, that?
1: I can't tell you how it came to me because that is one of the two or three big secrets waiting in the book. Oh, okay, um, <clears throat> but I can tell you that uh, the setting of the book is uh, probably what's uh, most personal to me. Um, this is a fictional town in Indiana um, that is modeled on uh, a town I actually lived in. Uh, with 2,000 people, no stoplights, no fast food, one grocery store, and a lot of farmers. <laughs> and uh, I was also a preacher's kid uh, at that time. And so <clears throat> I really love that period of my life. That's probably the most nostalgic I get, thinking back on that tiny, tiny community and how you know everybody sort of knows everybody, or at least of everybody. Um <clears throat> And so that's sort of the setting for this. And we have uh, a character that is both a local priest uh, of a Catholic church, but is also uh, has been elected sheriff um, of this tiny town and police force of five people. Um, And the book begins with him discovering a pretty gruesome murder and realizing that um, he's in way over his head and uh, it turns out they have a serial killer. And so then he ends up having to try and investigate these crimes while also fending off uh, the mayor, the FBI, everybody else that wants to basically come in and take the case away from him. Uh, And that's maybe as much as I want to give in terms of a general synopsis, Um, but I don't think it's a very traditional murder mystery.
0: Yeah, I think the character is so cool because it's a, like you said, he's a a priest and a sheriff. Um, Do you know if that's, is, is that anybody out there in real life, think like that? Did, was that inspired by anybody? Do you know or? Uh, no, I mean, certainly
1: um, inspired by, you know, members of the clergy that I've met throughout my life. Um, no, I just, I just remember that there are communities here and there, uh, especially back, uh, you know, 40 years ago where, you know, sheriffs that are elected aren't necessarily uh, full of law enforcement backgrounds. There were sometimes political leanings uh, involved in these kind of elections. And so uh, basically the way the book explains it is the church board um, rallied behind him and funded his campaign and really pushed him to be sheriff because um, they thought it would be good for the entire community to have a person of faith sort of also manning uh, the law. Um, but no, I, I've never met anybody that had both those professions, though I'm sure it certainly happened somewhere.
0: It reminds me of the National Lampoon's Vacation, where the mechanic is a sheriff. Yeah, yeah. A <laughs> little t- small town uh, web going. Um, and so as so I was kind of curious too now. So you said now you're working on a, on, on something that's more in the sci-fi realm. So is this was a, is this a standalone novel or is it going to be a part of a series or what's your plans with it?
1: Um, I would call it a standalone novel that my publisher has asked me to consider writing a sequel to. <laughs> <laughs> would uh, just to say, there's certainly room there for more stories. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't write it that way, with that in mind. And I might even need a little convincing uh, because I, I think it works so well as a standalone. Uh, but you know, we'll just we'll just wait and see how well it's received and if people like it enough. And if I get another idea that inspires me, I could certainly
0: come back to this uh, universe. Yeah, that's pretty good. Good though for the the publisher to come back and say, "Yeah, how about a series?" That's a that's good to have.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the email was like, "Hey, have you had any ideas?" And I went to my wife and I was like, "This is probably a really good sign. They might like
0: this book." (laughs) And so, kind of curious to know with your whole writing process, and we have writers that listen to this podcast, so I always ask these questions. Like, uh, what kind? Do you do a lot of research then, or do you? What's your writing process like? Do you outline? Do you write by the seat of your pants?
1: Um, yes, I do both. Uh, my outlines are very general. I, I well, I won't start writing until I know the main five, six story beats that I want to hit. Um, but then I allow myself flexibility and freedom in between those story beats, uh, to get there, by the seat of my pants, if you will. Um, so I think, I think that works best for me. I, I think some writers would structure everything out, um, but I am just spontaneous enough. I have to leave myself a little bit of room and it, it really works in this book. Uh, as an example, um, I, I wrote uh, a murder victim uh, named Vernon. Um, and the way that I write is, uh, I write every night for a few hours. And then the next night I read what I wrote the previous night and then write another couple hours. And so a week or so later, I was writing another murder because this is a serial killer story. And I named the character Vernon. And I realized only the next day when I went back to reread everything that I had just used the same name twice for two different victims. And I laughed. And then I started thinking, maybe there's a way I can use this. And I ended up writing it in as like this small town quirk where there's these two Vernons and they hate each other. And there's, you know, Vernon A and Vernon B and everybody knows that they're not friendly with each other. And I just basically turned what was an accident into what I hope is just another charming element of this small town. And if I structured everything out before I ever wrote, I would never have had that moment of discovery.
0: Yeah, that is cool. Yeah, because, yeah. I think that's that how come when you're writing something, you, you you use the same name, never thought of like, Oh, maybe I can incorporate it to that story. That's a, that's a good idea. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And so, so you see you work at night. So then that's really great too, because uh, so do you try to like write every day? Uh, I'm assuming you write a lot for your other, for, for, for cinema scenes and the other jobs right. that you have. So, <clears throat> so, so writing is a part of your process every day.
1: Yes. If I'm not writing for one of my own books, I'm writing for work or I'm writing an essay or a nugget of a story idea that I'll tuck away for the future. Uh, I do find it important for me uh, to write every day when I'm able. Clearly there are times when I'm on vacation or just too busy that I don't get to it. Uh, But yeah, it just works out at night. My wife goes to bed. Everything gets dark and quiet in the world. Uh, There's nothing much on television and I can just sort of focus with no distractions. Uh, That's why it works best for me.
0: And now with the the last couple of years, the pandemic and everything, did that change? Did that change your schedule a lot, or any changes? Or you've kind of been self isolating? As a I kid? mean,
1: it changed. Just to, I mean, I'm already a little bit of you know an introvert uh, in that you know I really like people and I want to be around them, but I get anxious sometimes when I am. Mm-hmm. So even pre pandemic, I didn't do a ton of going out, um, but. Uh, yeah, it's certainly. I find it was harder to be creative when my environment was the same, twenty four seven. Right, even in, even when before the pandemic, I would only go out a few times a week. That was, you know, stimulating to my brain and my creativity, and just seeing the same desk and the same you know shelves and the same screen over and over and over again, because, you know, for many, many months, I didn't feel like I could go anywhere safely, mm-hmm. uh, was draining. I think, I, I think any person that is creative, uh, maybe not a lot of, maybe even people who aren't creative in their work, uh, found it mentally draining to just be in the
0: same space over and over and over again. And then kind of curious, I always ask about this for my guests. So what do you use to write do you Use word or some other software or
1: I do use Word. Um, I, wh- one of my favorite things is how every writer has their own quirk. I wish I could tell you, like, I only type on 1850s typewriters, and or I only write by hand in calligraphy or something really unique story. Um, but no, I use Microsoft Word. I'm a pretty fast typist. And uh, it's just a program that I've been using for 20 plus years that I'm just really
0: comfortable with. They said you so usually write from the same uh, spot, you have kind of office space, you don't go to like the coffee shop or something. Well, I guess you you read at night, so that would be kind of hard,
1: (laughs) right? Uh, in in actuality, the first book I ever wrote, that first Abel's book, I went to the office. My office at that point, I had a a day job, uh, but the office was literally 1.2 miles from my house, so I would say good night to my wife and then I would drive to the office and sit at my work desk and write. Um, and that was. In my mind, just to give me a, a new environment, uh, I don't think it ultimately made that much difference. So yeah, everything else has just been written from my my regular at home work desk that I I do everything from.
0: Yeah, you've been so you're so creative with with the different in different areas that you've done. Um, is there is there a little difference you think from being a creative YouTuber versus a writer, uh, a novelist? Or?
1: Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean. <sighs> listen, that first book was like climbing Everest in that it felt like I was never going to be able to do it. Um, it felt like an, when I, especially when I started, it felt like an insurmountable goal. This is going to take me years and years to ever finish. Um, and once I, once I finished that one, uh, it really gave me a lot of confidence. And so I haven't felt that, very much moving forward, I've been like, I can do this. It may take a while, but I've done it once. So I know I can do it again. So when people do ask me for writing advice, I usually say, just write a novel. I don't care if it's crap, just write it, get that under your belt to know that you can do it. Uh, And then you're going to have all this momentum going into the next thing.
0: And so what can you tell us about what you're working on uh, next? I know you said it's a short story, but is that something that's going to be out soon or are you still working on it?
1: Well, I have another book that's already uh, in the pipeline, already done, and I'm just finishing up uh, the final manuscript. That comes out in the fall. That is the fourth and final book in my Abel series. Oh, um, <clears throat> that's already basically done. Now, what I'm writing actively is, yeah, it's an anthology of science fiction short stories. This is, again, I've never written science fiction. Uh, I've never written short stories, uh, <laughs> but I have found the format to be really freeing um, because with a short story, you can leave so much mystery and so much to the imagination and you can just jump into a place and give a scene that's impactful and then jump back out. Uh, So I've really been enjoying it. Although I will say most of my stories are relatively bleak (laughs) (laughs) to the point that I'm considering calling the anthology bleak. We will see. I've only got about I've got about twelve that are in the can, and another twenty or so that I'm still working on. So,
0: and so, what's the for writing the when the corn is uh, waist high? What was the uh, from like the time you started to writing it to now that it's getting ready to get the launch next next week? How how long did that process take you?
1: Um, I would say about a year and a half. Okay. Uh, I pitched the book to the publisher uh, before I had written anything, um, and they really liked the idea. They have, uh, I'm I'm with Turner Publishing, but they have another imprint called Key Light that only puts out uh, 12 books a year. And the, the idea behind that imprint is that these books are ready-made, supposedly for television and film, which <clears throat> really excited me about their interest in this story. Uh, but it, it wrote really quick. Uh, I think I had it finished in about five months, uh, maybe six. And then... Uh, it's about a year process once the manuscript is initially turned in uh until it gets published uh, they have a pretty regimented
0: system um so yeah about a year and 6 months i would say what do you think about the uh editing process getting those notes back and all that how was how that go
1: i mean <clears throat> this uh it's a learning experience mm-hmm. man because you you have to be able to Take those kind of notes without taking them personally. Yeah, um, which you know is easier today than it was for me the first time. Um, I'll be honest, uh, but today I I want as much red paint, red ink as possible on that thing when it comes back. Um, and I put an enormous amount of faith in these editors um, to help me shape the story. I figure it's like you know a sculpture, but you know, I take the raw stone and I make it kind of look like a specific person, and then the touch-up artist comes in behind me. And when they're done, you're like, "Oh, that's definitely you know Caesar or whoever I sculpted." Um, it's they're just as much a part of the final product uh, as I am. I think um, because if you read just a raw
0: first pass from me, you would wonder why anybody ever
1: published anything <laughs> I ever wrote.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The first, the first draft, so right? no, I was going to be kind of rough. and I think no matter just for most, just about everybody. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was wondering, so now the, with, with the launch coming up uh, here in the next week, um, what have you, how's that process been for you? Has it been, uh, I know you have a, you have like, a, you had like a marketing background, which is kind of good for writers because a lot of writers hate that part. How's that been for you so far?
1: Yeah. I've actually, <clears throat> this has been the most concerted campaign that we've done um i actually uh hired a couple of people uh on my end to work with the publisher hand in hand and make sure that we tried our best to get this in front of people who like the genres i think how i came to you know meet you and be booked on this show um and i do have a marketing background and the, and the youtube channel was all old school hustle i just cold emailed places like wired magazine and, and said, hey! I'll give you an interview if you post this video. And did that enough the first year that you know we amassed a lot of coverage. We're trying a, a similar approach, reaching out to libraries, and, um, focused podcasts, and newsletters and blogs and whatnot. But you know, trying not to be very aggressive. Um, certainly, just saying, hey, if, if you're interested, here's this. Um, but I feel very good about it. I don't know how it happened, but I got a starred review at Publishers Weekly on this book, and I'm oh, not wow. sure anyone on my side asked for that. Uh, I think they just got a copy of the book and, and liked it. Um, and again, I'm new to all this, but I'm told that's a pretty big deal. And yeah. that <laughs> a lot of libraries and bookstores look to that. Um, and so I was, you know, really humbled when I saw that. Um, and then, yeah, getting to talk to people like you. I've written a couple of really fun articles for blogs focused on crimes, true crime stuff. Um, and so, yeah, it's been really fun for me. I, I'm I'm one of those rare authors that actually enjoys uh, doing the marketing part.
0: I was reading about the what a little background on you. Like your uh, when you first started the uh, cinema sins, you got like two million subscribers in like the first year or something. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, it was really insane. It was uh, the first video we launched. Like People need to know how lucky we were. We watched one video, and it hit, somebody posted to BuzzFeed, and oh, wow. homepage of BuzzFeed. So we had 150,000 views in one day. And then our third video, another angel from heaven, Kevin Smith, the film director, mm. tweeted out a link to our channel, to his, I don't know how many gobs of subscribers he has on Twitter. Uh, and then a couple weeks after that, the comedian Dane Cook, uh, tweeted out a link to one of our videos. And honestly, those three things, which we had nothing to do with making them happen are probably the reason we had success as fast as we did. Uh, and we will be forever grateful.
0: Wow. Yeah. Word word of mouth. Free free publicity. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) The best kind, the best kind. (laughs) All right. Well, Jeremy, um, Thank you so much for being on the podcast and uh, just to let everybody know the book comes out on uh, April 19th. So this is when, when you listen to this, it'll be available. So go, go check it out. It's uh, going to be available everywhere. Um, anything else you'd like to say before, uh, before we sign off, uh, where can people find you? Um, oh, you can find me on Twitter at J Scott
1: uh, I live in Tennessee and my name is Jeremy Scott. Uh, and uh, no, the, all I would say is thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. And uh, I appreciate readers who uh, welcome my first step into this thriller community
0: all right jeremy thank you so much it's a lot of fun talking to you thanks same here thank you for listening to meet the thriller author i hope you enjoyed my conversation with one of your favorite writers of mysteries and thrillers or if this episode's guest is new to you i hope you give their books a chance helping listeners discover new authors and books is one of the coolest outcomes of doing this podcast As always, you can head over to ThrillerAuthors.com to sign up to my Thrilling Reads email list. That way you won't miss out on any great deals in Thriller and Mystery Books. You can also check out all the links and resources in the show notes for this episode over at ThrillerAuthors.com. And also please do subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so already and leave a rating and review wherever it is that you're listening to this uh, show. If you have done that already, I thank you. Uh, I really do appreciate your support. For my other links to my author website, social media haunts, and more uh, check out thrillingweeds.com forward slash links all my links will be uh, on that uh, page so that's it for this episode uh, see you next time and stay safe out there